At the Azure Conference in San Diego, Diana Washington, thank you for coming. And hey, Dave. There's a bunch of things you want to talk about. Um, so first, I want to ask what's going on with Azure Fluency. Agile Fluency, Agile Fluency Project is growing. Uh, I don't know, you may have noticed that we published a new version of the article in okay. March, and now we're getting uh, videos up and other kinds of things, and the website is growing. It's actually, it's pretty exciting around the old AFP these days. Has it changed? Um, it's become more in-depth, more robust. I mean, so... The basic tenants haven't changed so much. Some of the ways we're using language have changed, and and the richness of the information has really changed. What do yeah. you mean with the language? Is it um, well, we uh, we you know we used to talk about focus on value delivery. We now we just we talk about focusing teams, delivering teams, optimizing teams, and strengthening teams. So we, making it a little simpler. Yeah, we're making it a little simpler, a little easier to communicate. Okay. But also a little more um, active, you know, a little more active voice. So that's then that's the model. But then we've also got we now have a suite of materials that includes the model and the di- and all the associated stuff with the model and our diagnostic uh, instrument and which is you know team self reflection and. You know, as you all as you might as you might expect from me, <laughs> and and then you know being able to communicate that back to the organization in a way that gives system system insights, yeah. not just team insights. And then we have um, something called the improvement cycle, which is a kind of a guidepost for entering an organization and then iteratively working with that organization to make sure they get the outcomes that they need. Okay. So it's our focus has shifted from being everybody in the world to really looking at experienced Agile coaches who are feeling like they need another tool or two in their toolbox. And, um, and you know, there are a lot of good, uh, good places to learn about being a coach out there. And and we believe we're, we've got another another piece of the puzzle that people should consider. And so. you can go to you can go to agilefluency.org. Yeah. You want to check that out. Yeah. Now you're doing a couple different sessions here. Yeah. And your Ask Me Anything was today. Yeah. How did that go? It was great. It was great. People asked some interesting and surprising questions, and some ones that were surprisingly insightful. So people ask me about, uh, someone asked me about when were my career turning points and what triggered them. Um, Someone else asked about where should we look outside of Agile for insights about Agile. And they were really wonderful questions. So, yeah, so I really had a good time. Was there anything that they wanted to talk about that didn't come up or were expected to talk about? Um, No. Not, no, no, I, I, I've done a lot of Ask Me Anything sessions okay, so at, at, at user groups and so on, and so I, I, I've learned to, like, abandon my expectations <laughs> and really just be ready to answer whatever the question, you know, to be really in that spirit of Ask Me Anything because all kinds of things can come up. And, do you, um, do you yeah. get a lot of the career questions? Um, I have gotten a lot. I got probably more today than I ever have before. Um, usually, it's more about 
you know, I've got a team that's doing X, Y, Z. How do I move them on? And I really didn't get very many of those kinds of questions. I didn't get, I didn't get so much questions that were asking for coaching advice. Uh, I got more philosophical questions. Which Can is, I ask you one? Sure. Okay. One of the things that I I think about now, like at this stage in my is when I am older. Mm-hmm. Do I want to keep doing this? And if I don't, like, I, I, I right. sort of asked Ron and Ted today, but yeah. what inspired you to keep coming back to this thing? I mean, you could, you could easily just check out and just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I could. And I was contemplating that, okay. actually. And I, I, I had a little bit of a, when people were asking me about my turning points, I said, you know, I had one fairly recently, right? I talked about some that were very early in my career, but then... I, you know, I was thinking that it was getting to be time for me to sort of begin shifting out of career track into something, you know, maybe not leave entirely. I'll never leave it entirely, but, you know, moving on. And so I started, you know, when my term was up, leaving boards and not being on, not accepting new committee roles and kind of ratcheting all that, those things back. And, but, I, you know, the Agile Fluency Project has been pretty compelling for me, yeah, and it's my baby, you know, and, and, um, and I was like, ah, oh, how do I, how do I think about retirement, but I'm also doing this, you know, and, and all of a sudden I realized, you know, everybody, when they retire, has a retirement project. You've already got it. Some people golf. Yeah. Some people get a boat. Yeah. You know, I got a startup. Yeah. You know, and it's different enough um, for years, for 25, 30 years, and with FutureWorks, it's we've had a service business. Yeah. We have provided coaching and consulting. Um, Sharon's done a lot of executive coaching. I've done a lot of agile coaching and consulting. And. The Agile Fluency Project is much more of a product business. So I'm learning a whole new world of being in small okay. business that was completely unexpected to me. Okay. So I, yeah, it's... You're learning, it's an exciting thing. It's, I'm learning and it's exciting and, you know, when it stops being fun, I'll do less of it. Okay. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Thank you for letting me ask you. I feel yeah. like that... I always want to ask those questions. Like, yeah. I feel that, like, why are you still here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. blessed that you guys are still yeah. coming back, but yeah. at the same time, I hope yeah. that I can find something right. inspiring enough. Right. Right. I want to ask you about your other presentation. Yeah. Which I have to look at this because it's a long time. Yeah. It's going beyond are we doomed, sticky, tricky, and icky, shining a light on sexism at work, and that's with Sharon Buckmaster, Wednesday yeah. 2 o'clock. Yeah. So, can you talk a little bit about what it is and how it's changed from before? Well, interesting, um, in, I think it was 2008 or something, whenever the, the conference was in Chicago, okay. Sharon and I did a session about um, gender differences at work. And that, and we weren't sure how it was going to go, you know, and... A lot of people stayed away, and a few people came. I mean, enough people came to fill the room, but a few people came who it really sparked. And over the years, they kept saying, when are you going to come back? When are you and Sharon going to do another thing like that? What are you going to do? So a couple of years ago, we did Going Beyond Sticky, Tricky, and Icky. 
uh, or are we doomed to sticky, tricky, and icky? And we really wanted to look at, you know, it's, it, sexism doesn't have just one face. Mm. And sometimes things get dismissed because they aren't bad enough. But, but they are what, you know, people now are calling microaggressions, right? And, the, and so we wanted to sort of distinguish between the things that are sticky and you don't really know how to respond to them, like microaggressions, and the things that are tricky that really have political ramifications in your organization, and then the things that are really icky and yeah. gross, right? And so we, we have, did a session on that and we talked about that. And that was before. And that was before. Yeah. Yes. And so now, you know, the conversation, the public conversation, has moved to even very criminal behavior, right? Uh, physically, I mean, these things always happen, but nobody talked about the really dangerous things or the ways in which the tricky stuff and the icky stuff might be happening, you know. And um, so, and and last year, I got a lot of folks well, saying to me, so, and yeah. the people that are true masters of being horrible at this, yeah, they, they're always going to be able to create enough doubt yeah. that you're like, yeah, yeah, right. Well, they're sociopaths, yeah. so they get really good at that. So, I <laughs> just not to no, pull any punches, right? They, they're non non empathetic. Yeah. You know, there's no sense of the value of the other. And um, I, somebody told me one time that one of the ways to distinguish is, is this person looking to get their needs met and having no regard for whether or not you're getting your needs met, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's, that's an and indicator. Getting their needs met at your expense. At your expense, exactly. And um, so, anyway, last year I got a bunch of requests about, oh, well, you guys didn't show up this, you were here last time, you weren't here this time, when are you coming back? And so I communicated that to Sharon and we decided, well, you know, it's time to do another one. So this one is going to be really fun. Last time we had just table discussions, just general, people sharing their own stories, table discussions. This time we have mined the interwebs for real life oh, wow. scenarios okay. that fall into the various categories okay. and we're going to give people uh, our emphasis is going to be how to be an effective ally what we have learned through all kinds of research I mean not that we have learned but the world has learned through all the research is that the one thing that is absolutely most effective at combating sexism and racism and all the isms, but we're just using sexism as our little petri dish, um, is the behavior of bystanders. Okay. You know, I mean, we talk about leaders in organizations, you know, your culture is going to reflect the worst behavior you will tolerate. Well, we all are in that. We're all leaders all the time, and the worst behavior we're willing to tolerate is what's going to persist. Wow. So how do we... That was that, an impactful sentence. Yeah. The worst behavior we tolerate is what is going to exist. Persist, yeah. Persist. Yeah, absolutely. And so how do we begin to move into a space where we aren't tolerating, where we can take action? And 
And one of the things that we know about behavior change, skills acquisition, whatever it might be, is that at first it feels awkward. Yeah. I mean, whether it's a tennis serve or stepping up to confront somebody about an offensive joke, it's the same thing. You know, you feel awkward when you first do it. And, and the only way to get past awkward is to keep practicing. Okay in whatever skill you're trying to learn. So if you're trying to learn to be a good ally, you have to keep practicing it. You have to be willing to put up with the discomfort of the awkwardness, right? And the possibility that you might get some feedback and be corrected, and which is a gift, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. So, so we're gonna give people an opportunity to practice okay. effective bystander behavior. Wow. And um, whether men, and women, whomever, yeah. If you yeah. can get better at that, then like one of the things that I talk yeah. to my wife about a lot is it, it got so people were calling out behavior, and that was good. Yeah. And it, it seemed, yeah. in some cases, like that, yeah. maybe that 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 thing, maybe that yeah. wasn't a thing. Yeah, maybe it was, but yeah. seeing where the line the line yeah. got kind of right. right. fuzzy. Well, and that's, and that's where our concept about sticky, tricky, and icky comes in. You know, the first, I use, a, uh, I use an analogy I call the third kid through the screen door, right? It's the summer, it's hot, you've got the doors open, the screen door's there, right? You've told the kids, don't let the screen door slam when you come in, right? First kid comes through, bam, you're like, oh, there it goes again. Second kid comes through, bam, you're yeah. like, now I told you, right? Third kid comes through, gets a shoe yeah, it's like, I told you, right? They get the full load of it. Yeah. And that's what happens with these microaggressions, right? You may not be the person that did the first 10 of these, yeah. but if you're the 11th. systemic thing that has to be addressed. If you're, make yeah, an right. And so being understanding about that, yeah. saying, eh, I must have been number 11, and I'm really sorry. And I'm not only that, but I'm, I'm sorry that the first, the other ones happened to you too, and I'm sorry that I added to that. And is there anything I can do to make it better, yeah. right? That's an appropriate response yeah. in that situation. And what we tend to do is get defensive. Well, I only said, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, yeah, you did. And it's not just what you said. It's all it's the other, all the other times, yeah. you know. And um, and so, you know, we want to give people an opportunity to just be good humans in that situation. And, yeah. I think it's great that you're doing it because it is... Kind of a twitchy topic. Like I know I'm, I'm nervous about the yeah, topic because sure. I'm like afraid that I'm going to say something that seems totally innocuous to me, right? right. And isn't because I know that people yeah. that get busted for stuff, they thought what they said was not right. sexist or racist yeah. or whatever. Right. Right. And they're like, really? How did you not see that one? Yeah. Right. Like, I don't want to be that guy. Right. But what if you're that guy and you say that thing and somebody says, you know, that doesn't feel good to yeah. me. You can either get embarrassed and upset and defensive, or you can say, oh, well, I, I didn't mean it that way. I'm sorry it impacted you that way. Um, thank you. I won't 
I'm less likely to do that next yeah. time, right? I mean, it's a it's a learning opportunity, yeah. right? And it's hard because there's a, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of shame that comes with right, that too. Right, right. Well, especially if you're called yeah. out publicly. Yes, particularly yeah. if you're called out publicly. So you know, yeah. Yeah. But it is important for us to talk. It about. is important for us to talk so about. Thank you. So this is going to sure. be on. Sorry. Wednesday. Wednesday at two o'clock. Yeah. And yeah. if they want to get in touch with you, they can go to asafluency.org. Yeah. And follow you on Twitter at Diana O'Courtney. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Almost everywhere. I'm also on LinkedIn, too. So I'm pretty right. easy and to find. Too. Like, like Ron Jeffrey says, if you want to find me on the internet, you can probably find yeah. me on the internet. If you're willing to put in the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming. Yeah. This was great. Thanks a lot. Good to see good you again, you. Dave. We're getting one more interview today. And then we have a whole bunch all the rest of the week. So thanks for watching. Please keep paying attention.